to another episode of uh, the Prolific Pirates Podcast. We have a super special guest today. If you don't know him, I'm pretty sure everybody knows you. You have a thousand something followers, so I'm pretty sure everybody knows you. Uh, this guy is into EDC for sure, some cards and uh, whiskey and coffee, absolutely. You're into Chemex, right? Before I introduce you? Uh, yes, among other things. Awesome. Chemex. Chemex Plus, yeah. Amazing, bro. It's DP, David Paul. Introduce yourself, bro. Tell us something about it. Hey, what's up, man? Well, Sam, thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, so uh, I go by uh, dp.edc um, on Instagram, but my name is uh, David. Um, I'm coming to you from the left coast of the United States, uh, Portland, Oregon. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, just super happy to be uh, chatting with you today. I'm actually surrounded by some of my favorite uh Pirate Samuel or Samuel, too, just to get get myself in the spirit. <laughs> it's a pirate. It's a pirate day. <clears throat> is it is it ten p.m. It's day? It's day. Well, it's eleven thirty. Oh wow! Well, thank you, bro. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> oh, only only for you, man. That's <laughs> okay. You, man. It's, it's not that late. I'm not that old yet. No, but all right, great, great. It, it, it might be past my bedtime, but I'll be all right. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. So, what is this? Um, what about photography? Or have you always been into like photography, or is it like something new you just picked up, or what's going on? Well, I've always been into it as a hobby. I mean, mm-hmm. even back um, in high school, I- I'm a little bit older, I think, than a lot of the guys in this crew. So, I mean, when I was in high school, I did take a photography class, and we developed in a dark room. Um, in my high school and you know I thought it was just uh, I thought it was just really fun um, fun way to because I have a creative side but I'm not like artistic in the sense that I can't draw I can't paint like I can't create things like that but but the uh, but I write um, and I love photography so I think there's a certain part of the brain that just you know lends itself to that kind of art yeah, but because you, you have like a lot of really great compositions, is that something you see in your head before you take the shot, or is it something you develop after you've taken a few shots? Uh, I think it develops. It's funny the way I run this particular account. Uh-huh. For a while, I was doing a really good job of, of building up some backlog of photos, um, and then at one point, I ran out. And I just never got ahead of it anymore. So now I'm literally shooting every day because I post every day. Yeah. I haven't missed one since I since I started. Wow. Um, but so I've committed that to myself. I'm going to post every day. Yeah. But that means most days I've got to I've got to find the time to come up with that shot, shoot it, right. uh, and edit it. Right. Uh, so I'm really hoping I can I can build up just a little bit of cushion again. A couple couple backlog photos would be nice but um, no I mean honestly usually what I'll do is um, you know I'll just go to where I keep all my gear I try to keep it organized my wife I think wishes I kept it better organized and uh, you know I just look around at what I've got and I think about what have I shot lately you know if if I've done a couple of flat lays this week then I'm going to stay away from that try something else if I haven't shot cards very much I'll, I'll grab a cool deck of cards and then you know, I'll kind of pick one one anchor item, right. and then try to riff a shot. 
uh, off of that. And I shoot pretty quick. I mean, I'll set it up, I'll light it, shoot it. I go right over to the computer, nice. uh, edit it, and you know, usually about you know thirty minutes, wow. uh, I've got it. I've got it done. And what camera do you shoot with? I have a Canon 80D. Okay. Is it, is uh, I haven't gotten mirrorless it's yet. It's a pretty good camera. Like it's not. Yeah, I mean it's. Like it's yeah, not, it's a good. You know what I mean, like one DX, but like or like EOS R, but it's pretty good. How far can you push yeah, up the ISL? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's. How say again? How far can you push up the ISL? Oh, you know, I uh, it it starts to get a little. It does start to get a little fuzzy on me. Um, I've really got to control the lighting. Um, pretty well in the room, and that's that's so one of the it, things you where. You keep it at one hundred. Yeah, I try to keep it around one hundred, and then mess with everything else to get the shot. All right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's a. It, you can't go it's, more it's than one hundred. Like it gets no. super grainy, and like it it looks foggy and stuff. It would, yeah, it would for sure. Yeah, you know, it's um, I mean, it's definitely like a lower end prosumer. Yeah. camera um you know i'd love to go mirrorless you know when the when the r5 and the r6 came out right. i think i was drooling over those like a oh, lot yeah. of the other guys yeah. but i mean for me and the kind of stuff i shoot right now i just can't justify the expense True. um i also have expensive. a super expensive and yeah. you know i've got a pretty nice pocket camera too i have a lumix uh i think it's a dx I forget the numbers now. Yeah. DX10 or okay. DX100, but it's, really a, it's a little like pocket vlogging. loop. It's great. It's got yeah. a flip up, you know, flip up screen, and it's yeah. got you know the Leica lens and all that. So, oh, wow. I mean, a lot of times I'll shoot with that instead mm. of the Canon if I'm out, and yeah. uh, stuff turns out great. And that Leica lens is amazing, right? What What do you got? What What What's What's the lens? Yeah. Um, well, it's what it's what's built into the into the Lumix, so it's just it's kind of, it's a pocket camera. Okay. Um, but they've I guess Lumix has a partnership with Leica, where Leica does the glass. Oh, okay. All right, got you. Yeah. And you mentioned. I've also got on my bucket list. Uh, I'd love to pick up a Leica one day too, kind of bucket list. Yeah. But, those cameras, uh, man. That, that's gonna that's gonna come later. Yeah, and those cameras are great. Like they're really good mm. quality. But for the price. Right. Gets expensive very quick. You mentioned something about writing. What do you? What's? What is that about? Like, tell me about. Tell me about the writing process. Well, I, I've always loved writing. I write a lot for work, so you know, I'll do like leadership articles. Uh, you know, I've written. I've had blogs and written blog posts for years, and you know, articles for industry. Okay. Um, industry publications. I've never really gotten into writing fiction. I, I tend to write mostly, uh, mostly business writing because that's you know that's my day job. That's my world. Right. And what is what is the day job? Uh, so the industry I'm in is is more or less market research. So I have uh, a small technology company that develops market research technologies. So we make. We make tools and technologies that are used in focus groups and in surveys and all kinds of consumer research, political research. Oh, wow. um, so it's kind of a blend of marketing, communications, consumer research. But uh, I've got a small uh, 12-person company that um, I've had for uh, be 11 years in December. Wow. 
that, that we've been doing it and mm. Uh, so yeah, I've always I've always wanted to do my own thing. Entrepreneurship yeah, is yeah. kind of in my blood, and I always knew one day I wanted to do my own thing. And then uh, I had the chance, so I started this gig. Right. And how was it when you started it? Like, did like how was the how was the feedback from like other people? Were they thinking like, oh, you just don't know what you want to do with your life, or were they like, oh, this guy really knows what he wants and he's going for? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm pretty conservative when it comes to business, so I think I was definitely ready. Okay. Um, I had, I had, and I, uh, so I kind of took the safe route into owning a business, ran a business for another company okay. for about nine years, and then it was a much bigger company, and we were a small division of that big company, my group, okay. and, uh, and they wanted to either sell off my division or they were going to close it down. Because oh. it just wasn't part of their, they were like a big $80 million company and we were like this little $1 million division. So it just, they changed their strategy and we didn't really fit anymore. Okay. So rather than trying to sell it to somebody else and having some other boss I didn't want to have, yeah. I kind of figured, well, I've always, I've always wanted my own business. Right. Uh, I've been running this one for nine years. I know of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like my employees. I, I like my clients. So I made a deal with my employer to just sell it to me instead of somebody else. Wow. And they were great. Uh, they were happy to do it. They helped me out, uh, gave me a good deal. Right. Uh, so I bought it from them, and then I've been running it ever since. So, okay. you know, it's kind of the perfect startup where I didn't have to invest a lot of my own capital. I started with clients day one. I started with employees day one. All I really had, all I really had to do is keep it going, not screw it up, yeah. and, and keep it growing. Yeah, and that's what we've been able to do now for you know another eleven years on. So I've been more or less about twenty years doing this business. About half the time for someone else, and about half the time um, it was it was my own. Yeah, you see, this is the reason I love talking to people just in the community. There is so much information that would have never come off just with like DMing around, and you know. But then, okay, so it's a research market company. So yeah. what you pretty much do is like when some a company comes up with like a product, you go and research it and see like how you can sell it and market it the right way. Yeah, that's some of what we do. Yeah, we do consumer research. So a company might come up with a new product and they want to do focus groups on it. Okay. So we put together focus groups. So they might want to do a, a survey. We'll put together a survey. Okay. Uh, sometimes you know we do uh, one-on-one interviews or we do what's called ethnographic research where we actually go into people's homes or at least we did pre-covid maybe yeah. we'll do it again someday right. and, and you know we actually observe them so let's say uh one of my clients is a vacuum cleaner company and they have a new vacuum cleaner and they want to know what a, what do people think of it so we actually make an appointment to bring it into someone's home spend an hour with them and say okay you know check it out use it tell us what you think what do you like what don't you like um and and kind of observe so you know we're in the business of observing human behavior observing what people think observing what they do and then recommending to our clients what they need to do to be to be more successful wow that's amazing bro and like so you're telling me like if i come up with a product i should come to you is that what you're saying you should yeah you sure can yeah you sure can i would uh Absolutely. Well, I mean, you're on your way, right? I mean, like I said, I'm surrounded by my Pirate Samuel stuff here. So <laughs> I got my print. 
I got my print to my left. Dude, I appreciate uh, you for that. So that meant so much, bro. Like it's it's I, love- I I never thought anybody would purchase even one and I ended up selling like a bunch of prints. That's and everybody so cool. everybody and and I was like really worried about the quality of those prints cuz I didn't want to give like sell people crappy well, sure. So I asked a few friends to buy a few and I gave them the, 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 the cash and then they bought it and they were like, you're good to go, just go for it. And Jordy, uh, Jordy I don't know how he found it. Jordy bought a print without me telling him the website or anything. Like I, he had no information. Oh, funny. <laughs> so, that no, guy's got to well, be so in the CIA did, or something. You did, your own, you did your own market research there, right? You, you, gave, you gave the guys some money and said, go, go buy this yeah. thing and check it out. Tell me if it's good to go. Yeah. Now, I remember it's funny because, I mean, I don't know, one day, it feels like it was only a couple months ago, and mm-hmm. you mentioned something on Instagram about, you know, one of these days I got to do some prints, but... You know, I just, I, I just don't know if, I, if anybody's going to buy them. And I, I think I even casually said to you, I'm like, dude, just do it. Yeah. And you said something like, all right, shit, man, I guess I got to do it now. <laughs> and then next thing I know, like two weeks later, you got a, got a store up. I was so pumped. Yeah. Dude, from that day that I talked to you, and then I talked to a few other people, and they were all like, dude, just do it. Worst case scenario, just you do don't it. sell anything, but you at least know your photos are good or they're not good or they're good for just Instagram and not for being hung in like a, in like a, someone's house. Yeah. I was like, all right. So since that day, I've just been uploading. <laughs> like there is like over like 200 something photos on the, on the website. But, um, there is like, I, I only released like the landscape ones and, uh, the, the pirate code of conduct. Like the, I made like some graphic yeah. files of those. And I uploaded those, and they look decent. They look pretty good. Like, I haven't, I haven't got nobody. Nobody's purchased them yet, so I don't know how it looks. But uh, I talked to the the people behind the website about like graphics and stuff, and they were like, "Yeah, it, it will come out good quality because the way we print it, we we pay attention to like megapixels and like all of that stuff. So we should be all right." Yeah, uh, I think they. I think they do a good job. I mean, the website seemed really solid. Yeah, uh, the one that I navigate. got. I, That's like really important. It is. Like you get confused in a website. Oh. Yeah. You just end up. Yeah, it was really it. easy to make the purchase, uh, pay for it, the whole thing. It was. Yeah. Super simple, and I, I got the uh, I got mine done uh, stretched canvas over a yeah. wood frame. And how's so that? So tell me the. So the sh- I think it's awesome. So the shot that I got, um, I don't know if you remember, but so it's got the, it's kind of got this cove on the left, and then it's got this grassy marsh, and then it looks like it must have an ocean or a sea behind it to the right. Which so what, what's the story behind this one that I got? Do you know? Oh, that shot. Um, I t- that's that's actually. All right, so I had a drone, right? <laughs> this yeah. goes back to like, I think like. Three, two or three years ago, I still had a drone. I had, I had the DJI Spark, and that's an island in um, Koh Samet in Thailand. So it's like down south, really awesome island. Uh, it's beautiful. It's super windy up in the mountains where we were, and I flew that drone. And I don't know if you've ever, like, y- y- have you had a drone? Yeah, I do. I, I Yeah, I do. I have a... Um... I think I have a Spark too. I, I mix up all the DJIs, yeah, but yeah. 
the DJI's. So, but, so you know um, how you fly yeah, that I think thing? I've got the spark. Yeah, you fly the thing, and there is absolutely no control after it goes up above your height. Right. <laughs> like anything can happen at that moment. <laughs> Because of the wind, yeah. Yeah, so I flew it, and then I took the shot. On the way down, the wind starts going crazy, so the, the, the spark keeps going left and right, and I'm losing my, like, my heart is in my throat. So I'm like, yeah. oh, man, like, I might actually lose this and never get the footage, because it was, it was the ocean, and I'm not going to just swim in the ocean and go get the spark. So I ended up taking right. the shot and then brought the drone down really fast. But thank God for those sensors underneath it because I was about to hit the hit the ground, but it didn't because of those sensors. So it stopped. I grabbed the drone, took the footage back, edited the whole thing. Never posted it anywhere uh, until, well, on this website where you purchased it. Yeah. 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 I hadn't seen this one anywhere. Yeah. And as soon as I was. I, and I bought really early, so I don't, you didn't have nearly as many up. But I was scrolling through what you had, yeah. and this one jumped out immediately. I'm like, yeah. that's that's the one. That's for yeah. me. I just I just posted like about thirty more. So there's like I think if I'm not mistaken, there's like sixty or seventy shots up there. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I I actually so I my spark actually fell out of the sky. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, I I had gotten on. it. I had it, I mean, I had it a couple of months, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I didn't do anything wrong. It turned out it was defective. So my son and I were out, and thank goodness we were in an unpopulated area. Yeah. Um, and we weren't too far from my house. We were, like, flying it over some woods, and, mm -hmm. you know, I was just taking pictures of the tops of trees, really still getting, getting used to how to fly it and everything. Yeah. And then absolutely out of nowhere... Uh, I'm moving the controls, nothing's happening, and I look up, and this thing is just falling, free-falling to the ground, and it just crashes on the ground. Um, and again, I mean, if they, uh, you know, that's what's so sketchy about them and why there's so many drone laws. I mean, if yeah. there have been people around, if I, I mean, I shoot over a beach a lot because we, we go to the Oregon coast and yeah. we stay there quite a bit and I shoot over the beach and, you know, I think it land on some, some kid's head on the beach. Yeah. But uh, for sure. I know, but I reached out to DJI and, uh, you know, I told them what happened. I sent them photos and. Uh, and they said, yeah, that was definitely, shouldn't have lost connection like that. Wow. Well, you know, they, and they were great. They replaced the drone completely. Right. And yeah. ever since, knock on wood, it's been, it's been all good. But man, that was, that was sketchy. Dude, like that, the, the, the drone I had, he, so I had it and then we went to like an airplane graveyard in Thailand and then the same thing happened. This drone was going everywhere, bro. It was like 100 meters up, and the wind started going crazy. So I started, I still have the footage. I was taking a video, and the drone is just going everywhere. And then I bring it down. Somehow, I bring it down right above like a tiny river, and I hold it. I put it in my bag, and I was like, I'm done with this. I'm selling it, right? Next week, <laughs> next week. I sell it to one of my boys in Thailand, like Danny, he's also a photographer, amazing photographer. Um, I sell it to him, and then he flies it next week, goes somewhere, and then the battery's about to run out, so he gets scared, lands it in somebody's roof, <laughs> and never finds it again. Oh, no. Like, that drone was doomed. <laughs> there was some That's demonic crazy, shit man. in there. 
So he never found that car again. Yeah. And I had well, everything. I had like the two battery, the controller, the wires, two double battery yeah. chargers, everything. <laughs> I was like, man, it's well, not meant to be. I'm, it's not meant I'm to glad, be. I'm glad you got this one shot. I'm, yeah. I'm very happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's super scary. I love it. Drone. I, I get anxiety. Like, every time, yeah. I, feel, I feel like if there was like a wire attached to the drone, I'd feel better, but then they'll be in all the top down shots, so that sucks. But. Well, and you know what's funny? Cause here, I don't know, the drone laws are different everywhere, but yeah. here, um, it's, it's a, the drone law is a maximum of 400 feet. And until I started flying a drone, yeah. I had no concept of what 400 feet over my head was. Because the thing goes up 50 feet, and I'm like, holy shit, that's high. Yeah. Let me push it. I go to 100 feet, and I'm looking all the way up at it. I'm thinking, I could go four times yeah. that high. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be able to see it. I think yeah. I got over 300 feet once, wow. and I'm like, I can't see this thing. I'm scared to death. I got to bring it back. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Like, some of these drones, yeah, you can fly them up to, like, 500 meters up. Like, 500 meters is insane. And, yeah, I mean, the, the photos you can get is amazing, but, like, it's scary. Well, you know, it's funny. There was, um, uh, I think, uh, uh, Peter McKinnon did a vid- posted a video, I think it was earlier this week, and um, he was talking about some of his favorite photos, and he showed one of this island. Right. I don't remember if it was, like, Greenland or Iceland or somewhere, but he basically said that, um, you're not allowed, you weren't allowed to fly the drone from the island. The only way to get a shot of the island was to fly it from the mainland, which was a 10-minute flight away. Whoa. So he said they, they went to the mainland, they flew it out, and he said basically his battery barely got him there wow. and back. He flew it out. It took like nine minutes to get out there. He had like two minutes to shoot yeah. and nine minutes back. And I'm thinking... You know, and I work in tech, so like I understand. I usually understand yeah. basic technologies, and I'm thinking, how the heck with with a consumer drone right. can you stand? You hit this thing flying at full speed for ten minutes, yeah, and you still have control over the damn thing. Right. It was crazy. crazy, and above the ocean, like that. Crazy. That alone is an anxiety on its own. <laughs> I know. Wow. So the other thing I have in front of me right now is my coin, my 1706. 1706, yes, sir. Yeah. So I, I'd like to hear that story from your from your mouth. Where that where that where that come from? What's the story behind that? Oh man. So so 1706 is the year the Republic of Piracy started, right? So what we wanted to have was something that we would be able to like help the makers of the community as well as a mention to the time where we all started because like when i came to the community which i still don't know how i got in here but i'm glad i did because it's incredible like it's the best group of people i've ever you know what i mean like interacted with and yeah and all that but so 1706 came from the idea that when we all started, so I was trying to, I don't know if you remember, but back in the day where I was doing like collaboration on pictures with like an idea with um, random photographers. So I'd be like, oh, let's shoot, let's shoot a coffee. You shoot yours, I shoot mine. We both post both pictures and uh, we see how it goes. It's just like a tiny little challenge between two photographers and it's just fun because it was an idea yeah. and you just had to execute it. 
So back in the, back in those days, which is like three months ago, four months ago. Right, all, uh, all those days ago. <laughs> yeah, my younger days. Yeah, uh, it was. Um, it was. Uh, I, I remember talking to Ricky and and, and uh, Jake about yep. uh, doing collabs. So me and Ricky was supposed to do like one of these collab challenges type of thing, and then it just never happened because like the idea was too difficult, and it just didn't happen, and the photos did, just didn't come through. So we were like, all right, let's just chill on it. But I was like, but I told Ricky, like, yo, bro, like, I've always been to, into products. I've always wanted to do products. What can we do? If there is anything, just let me know. He was like, all right, cool. I'll let you know. And then he leaves. He comes back, like, in a week or two. And he's like, yo, I think we should do, like, a group sort of thing. And uh, we were thinking about the name and blah, blah, blah. And he mentioned Jake. And I was like, yo, I love Jake. Jake's photos is incredible. And um, I was like, all right, sure, let's do it. We came up with uh, 1706. I told them what it meant, and they were like, yep, we're in. It's already sold. And I was trying to go, like, full pirate. Yeah. But at first, they were like, all right, we need to, like, you know what I mean? So Jake ended up putting uh, the 1706 um, logo on uh, one of his knives. That's our first advertisement. So Jake ended up uh, putting one of his, uh, getting one of his knives with like the 1706 logo made on it. And it started from yep. there. Just, we went to like a few brands, we talked to a few brands, and then um, the 1706 idea with the coin took a while. Like it took like over, I think over a month if I'm not wrong, like where we were just talking about it, giving back the designs and, um, like we we're looking for a quote, and Jake came up with that quote: "The the the, the Sinos no forgiveness." Yeah. And he 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 told that to us, and I was like, "Bro, like, how did you even, like, how? Like, that's amazing." It's awesome, man. So he came uh, up with that, and then he did the the whole design thing, and then um, we sent it off, and then that's when um, Chris came in the group. So we brought Chris in, and he he was looking for some stuff to do, and. Um, we found a manufacturer for the coins, and that's where it all started. Yeah. But yeah, the meaning behind the coin was like we have a lot of creators in the in the community where they make incredible products, but sometimes they struggle with like showing how good the product is. So that's what we thought we would help with those issues for these makers. Yeah. So that's the whole idea behind the 1706 coin. How's that coin, by the way? Oh, I, I love it. Yeah. How's the, yeah, how's the quality? I, how's the, how's everything about it? I mean, honestly, it couldn't, it couldn't be better. I love the size of it. I like the thickness of it. Yeah. I like that it's got a smooth edge instead of a ribbed edge. I think that's yeah. really cool. And I like on the 1706 side. You know, it basically looks like. A compass, but all the little details, like yeah. you know, like the little, uh, the little three D effect on each of the on each of the compass points, and yeah. you know, like the cool kind of old school typeface of the seventeen oh six, especially yeah. the zero, yeah. the way that zero looks. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's funny, you know. I have, I mean, I have a bunch of coins. I mean, I've got all the, I got all the 
Peter McKinnon ones, and I got the Raven one, and yeah. I got a bunch of Shire. I got a bunch of Shire Post Mint ones that I really like. But ever since I got this one, I haven't. I haven't. I have. I haven't gone a day not carrying this one because this is the first one I actually feel like. This one I have a connection to. Like right. you know, I mean, McKinnon. McKinnon's cool, and and those cracking coins are insane. Yeah. But. You know, I I don't know him, right? Yeah. Like suddenly I have a coin from five guys or however many of you, yeah. you guys put it together, yeah. and to some degree I know all of you guys. So when I yeah. pull this thing out now and people say, "What is it?" I'm like, "Well, I, I actually have a story for you yeah. about about this coin." Yeah. So no, I I I love it. Are you guys thinking you'll do more with the brand? You're gonna put out some more stuff? I hope so. I really hope so, cause like it's a really yeah. dope group of people, and like it's yeah. easy to like get shit done because everybody's creative, but at the same time everybody's like dedicated to certain uh, certain qualities that they have in their lives where they they do certain shit and they're good at it. So I myself, I'm doing like I'm I'm working on a few products that are dropping hopefully very soon, very very soon. Um, but that's gonna be just just mine, and then um, I'm still waiting to see like if we can do like another 1706 products. But it, do you have any suggestions? Is there anything you want with the 1706 that could uh, be dope? I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. But um, I mean, anything I can do to you know to support you guys. I mean, my background is marketing, and uh, I do you know a good amount of copywriting for products and stuff like that. So whether oh, it's okay. for your own stuff or. Yeah. Or this other kind of stuff. If I can, uh, if I can be of help to you guys, uh, Dude, you know, it would, yeah. it would be, it'd be my pleasure. But For yeah, sure. I think uh, certainly some other stuff with uh, just the whole thing around the 1706 and the Pirate Republic and all of that. It's yeah. just, it's just cool. It's like a mysterious number unless you know, and yeah. if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's cool. Yeah. I just yeah, felt like cool. I so, felt like super comfortable with the, with that number, where it's like, it's it's easy, but at the same time, it's like a little bit mysterious. Where you're you're it catches yeah. your eye, and you're like, why? Or or even yeah, the like quote the, on the back it says like yeah. the C knows no forgiveness, and that's like like right. why? Why would you? Why is that interesting right. to you? Or you know what I mean? Yeah, and then it leads to a story, right? And exactly. that's what everybody likes yeah. more than anything is the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. you mentioned stories. Tell me about. Yeah. Tell me about. So like, okay, a lot of photographers. We have random photographers that shoot like certain locations or like landscapes or like coffee or anything. Do you try to like implement stories into your shots, or is that something that you, if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. Because like I hear like well, story sells, and that's that's like the main. Yeah. Like, you don't even need marketing if you <laughs> if you have a story. Right. But well, I mean for yeah. Well, I mean my my whole world, my work, my career. Yeah. Is so much around communications and storytelling. Right. So that's that's kind of what I'm really passionate about. So with photography, I get to do it visually. Um, you know, if I'm up on a stage or leading a workshop or something, I'm doing it in front of people. And if I'm writing, then I get to do it, you know, as written word. Um, right. It's funny because not until I started this account did I really shoot 
a lot of EDC stuff. I mean, I've always had a couple pocket knives and, you know, a few decks of cards and things mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. once I kind of landed in this community, like you said, somehow, yeah. um, I'd have to trace it back to know exactly how. But I only started this account back in, I think, June, right. uh, May or June. Yeah. Once I got into it, then I got hooked, right? So I, I, would, I generally shoot more landscape. Um, and more outdoor stuff. And this is when I really started to get into uh, doing product, right. more product type stuff. And, you know, the, I think the evolution of what I've done has really grown over the last few months. When right. I go back to some of the early stuff, it was definitely a little more amateurish. And then uh, a bunch of guys in this community gave me a lot of advice and a lot of help right. on composition and lighting and shadows and editing. I mean, I didn't even use Lightroom when I started, right? Oh, wow. I, I, sh- I had the Canon, mm-hmm. and um, and I did most of the editing on my phone, like in Snapseed or another like free, mm-hmm. cheap program like, yeah. called called Polar. Yeah. I was always a little intimidated by by Lightroom. Yeah, and then I know the exact photo when it happened because uh, MB was helping me um, with a shot right. that I was, you know, just I think I was chatting in the. I was chatting in the galley about it, and he started to give me some feedback. And then he's so cool because what he did was, um, you know, he said, "Well, he said send it to me," so I messaged it to him. Yeah. And then, like ten minutes later, he sends me these four videos that he took on his phone. episode is sponsored yeah. by Pirate Samuel the Darkroom the Tech. Get your prints at that website. Go on, bro. All right. Yeah, yeah. So he was sitting at his desk and he took his phone and he basically shot videos of him editing my photo. Right. And he took me through the whole edit. He's like, "Here's what I do. Here's what I do. Here's what I do. Here's what I do." So, first of all, that was above and beyond. Like, I couldn't yeah. believe somebody took all that time yeah. to do that for me. Yeah. And then um so then I took all of his notes and everything, and I edited it. You know, I did it my way, but I took his suggestions. Right. And then I sent him what I did. He's like, oh, you're, you're so close. Now let's try this technique, and let's try this trick. And, you know, he's got a million. Yeah. You know, he's, got a, he's, he's, he's got a million tricks and techniques and everything he's learned over the years. And he's like, all right, right so now we got to reposition this, and you got to adjust this a tiny bit. And by the time I was done, I swear to you, it is it is my favorite shot I have ever right. done. And which shot is that um, one? And so it's the one um, it's the one on my grid of uh, it's kind of of a uh, it's a film camera that's sitting on a green desk with some postcards in the foreground, green. and there's some shadows on the desk right. that Got it. There was, kind of came through the blinds. Yeah, and there's pictures around it. Yeah, and yeah. and that one for me, um, that one was just next level because that's the first one where I felt like like whoa, this is this is legit. Yeah. Um, and at that, that's when um, I said, all right, screw it, I'm I'm going to get more serious now. Yeah. And uh, I so I got my Adobe subscription. Right. And you know I I I did all you know YouTube tutorials and went deep on it. Oh, yeah. And ever since then, I kind of feel like, I mean, I'm far from pro or anything, but I, I feel like now with every shot, I try to deliberately push myself to do a little something different right. um, 
even if it's a simple flat lay, but I want to try to make sure I get a certain type of lighting or a certain type of shadow. Right. So I'm not so much, I think, telling stories with these photos but as I am just trying to kind of I, evoke a mood. I think I disagree. I disagree. All right, I'll, okay, I'll so, let you. Okay. So, so first, okay, so let's go to the shot before that that camera shot, that ghost. Um, the ghost forest. Yeah, the ghost forest. That's a shot. Like that's first of all, the composition is great. Second of all, the mood, the fog at the end of the that little island thingy at the end, and it, it's yeah. scary. To be honest, I wouldn't want to go there alone. Were you alone there? No, I wasn't. Right, it wasn't cool. nearly as scary when you were actually there, yeah. but it, it's a pretty trippy place. It was yeah. cool. Really cool. Yeah. So I think I would say like from 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 that shot, the the shot before that with the Peter McKinnon's coin in the sand. Oh, yeah. Anything from there up is like some other, like the level, like shit changed. You know what I mean? That's when, that that's the trip where it yeah. changed for me. We, we went to the coast. And uh, my daughter and I went to this antique, really big antique shop yeah. at the coast, and I just went ham. I mean, I bought so much yeah. uh, antiques, you know, antiques and stuff, and I and I found that blue ball jar that was from yeah. like 1918, I think. Yeah. And I thought this is going to look amazing on the beach with the water and the sky. So then she and I went down to the beach, and that's where we shot. The, there's a bunch of shots around those couple of weeks with the. Uh, with the Spider Co. Uh, yeah. Paramilitary Two, yeah. and and the Kraken coin and that blue bottle, and yeah. so yeah, that trip plus the Ghost Forest plus this camera, that was a turning point for me. Yeah, I think so. And then that um, the landscape shot with the with the the lights coming through, that is also an amazing shot. So like, okay, so um, you said, hold on, you said like you do a lot more landscapes. Or you used to do a lot more landscapes. Where are those shots? Do you post them here, or is it like another account, or do you keep them separate, or you don't post them at all? I honestly, I haven't, po I haven't posted them because I haven't really had, I haven't really had a place for them. So what I started doing with this account yeah. is I started pushing it to see how much can I drift away from EDC. Yeah. I, I think, I think you should. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, so I started trying to strike more of a balance now where, um, you know, I still get, it's still mostly product and EDC focused, but I mean, look, coffee's not EDC, whiskey's yeah. not EDC, Wait, coffee is um, EDC, all but right. it all kind of fits together. Can we just, coffee, <laughs> I use the hashtag uh, EDC coffee's for my coffee life, shops, too, Coffee's so. everything. Yeah, <laughs> coffee's life, bro. Yeah, oh but like, my God, coffee is everything. <laughs> since... Since that shot, it definitely changed. But I think, like, if you, like, get those shots, like, those landscape shots that you have and then apply these new skills that you've gained, like, these new editing skills, yeah, I think you could push it to, like, some other level again. Like, it could, it could, you know, change the whole, well, landscape of your page. Get those skills that you learn with like this, do the new um, editing skills and apply them to like those landscape yeah. shots that you've taken from before. I think it's gonna add like a whole new level to your page yeah. where it's like, well, I mean, like that whole pirate thing definitely works. And then, 
and then you add like landscapes to it, like the shot you posted from from the beach, the one before the coffee one. Yeah. That one is an amazing shot. <clears throat> and I still do that, bro. Like at this point, I'm still like uh, trying to like look at um, editing tutorials on YouTube and like try and get my own twist at it. And not gonna lie, bro. Like mm -hmm. Lightroom is pretty rough. Like when you really think about it, like it's not easy to get your own colors. And uh, one thing that I've been asked a lot what, over like the time I started this page was like, how, how do I get these colors? And I honestly wish like I could teach that, but it's just not possible because if, so if I, if I gave you like a preset, then that preset wouldn't work on all the photos because it depends on what settings you took the shot and what your white balance was and all that stuff. So I did yeah. like a few tutorials on YouTube and uh, it was just me standing there editing the photo and shoot, like showing you like the, the, the whole editing process. But I think if you add those landscapes, it will be really dope. Like just sprinkle them around the, the whole feed. Like every few photos just post yeah. one. So in the top nine, you always have like one landscape. So when people land on your page, they, they see that you do landscapes as well. Just a suggestion. Yeah. But, okay, so like... No, no, I, I, it's a good suggestion because I really enjoy it. So I would yeah. love, to, I'd love yeah. to do more of this. Yeah. And is that the first thing you did when you started photography, like landscapes and stuff? Yeah, landscape and travel because I, I travel a lot. Yeah. Again, of course, other than this year, but yeah. uh, I travel a ton and I've traveled a lot internationally. So, right. uh, I mean, my dream, my dream is to retire and just do travel photography, not even, not even as a job, not even to have to get paid, just because I just love it. It's right. my favorite thing to do is travel, yeah. travel and take pictures. And I think you can do that, bro. Like honestly, I think you can just contact like a few, um, what do you call them, the tourist authorities or something? Yeah, the, yeah, the tourism bureau. Yeah, so you can just contact them and be like, hey, can you just you know sponsor this whole thing and I just put your name in the video and blah, 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 and I'm just gonna travel to this place and I, I can send you like 100 photos edited and all that. And I think I think they would do, I hope they do it. And honestly. Yeah, like, I mean, look, if your stuff is good enough, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes you gotta tease them, tease them with a few and, yeah. um, but that's my favorite. So yeah, landscapes and just general, just general travel photography. Yeah. So the other, the other thing I wanted to ask yeah, you is that, have you ever gotten uh, paid from, uh, from photography? No, I haven't gotten paid. I've had a couple of brands with this channel mm -hmm. or with this account right. that have done, uh, you know, just done some trades. They've sent me some product in exchange for some shots. Okay. Uh, which is fun. I mean, yeah. I like I like doing those as long yeah. as uh, you know, as long as it's something that I like and I would use and it makes sense for me. I'm I'm happy to do those. You know, it's cool right. to get free shit and. Right. Um, and it's fun to just, uh, you know, ha it's, it's, it's also gratifying to see my shots then on their feet, right? And have right. them think, oh, this is good enough. We want this to represent right. us. Right. So I've, I've done that for, um, I've done that, uh, I'm, I'm trying to do it for a, a coffee brand. I've done it for uh, a leather brand. Right. And there's like another wallet, another wallet company that I'm talking to. Okay. Uh, that's actually the wallet I use, and I really like them. So mm. he's been liking what I've been shooting, and he reached mm -hmm. out to me. 
but no, I ha- otherwise I haven't done anything professionally for a fee. Okay, okay. And so I've been I've been looking, bro. Like doing my own coffee is like a dream. Like I'd love to have my own yeah. coffee. Um, I've oh, been looking that would at, be like, a lot of, Yeah, I've been looking at a lot of like different. Um, what do you call it? Like sort of like a drop shipping sort of thing. But the, yeah. the, the only thing that's holding me back is that I've never tried their coffee. <clears throat> so if you have any right. suggestions so you don't for put me, your name DM, on it. Yeah, just DM me like their sure. page or anything, like if you find anything. Because I've, I've been looking at like a few pages. Like there is um, um, this Brian something. Brian Jenkins. Yeah. It's like Blackfin. Mm-hmm. And he's not, I, I, I just found him yesterday. And like he's collaborating with like a lot of other people and like their packaging and stuff is nice. But I'm not sure. I'm also looking into like the whiskey thing. Yeah. I'm not a big whiskey guy, but every now and then I have some and I'm like, this is relaxing. Like I could, j- I could yeah, just I'm, like I'm, this for a while. Uh, I'm a whiskey guy. I've got yeah. one. I'm sipping one. I'm sipping one right now. Yes, um, it's my, uh, I, I love it. I, mean, I would love to, I enjoy shooting just because, yeah. you know, whiskey bottles just sexy. You can Ooh. build a whole scene around a whiskey bottle. It just yep. looks so good. Yep. For sure, man. But then, okay, so do you, do you try and be like, when you take the photos, do you try and be like specific to your own uh, colors or not really like each photo has its own edit or is it like the same preset and it's dp's colors oh uh no definitely not the same preset dp's colors i will say that um i am i am terrible with the whole grid thing so i basically gave up trying (laughs) to have like this beautiful grid i appreciate the guy i I appreciate the guys who do it yeah it's very satisfying to look at it but for some reason my brain yeah. Like I would just get bored if I had to shoot things that looked that similar. Right. Or if I had to find a way to make them all look that similar. So my grid kind of looks a little jacked up because I'll go from I'll go from like earth tones to like almost black and white. Yeah. And then I'll have something that's like almost deep black just in shadows yeah. and Yeah. Tomorrow, I've got a really colorful Hank that I'm going to post, right. and like none of it belongs together. Yeah. But I just decided I don't care. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, you know, I I got I, I got more than a full time job. I got two teenage yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I you, can't put that kind of yeah, energy you don't need into it. Thing to put effort in. No. Yeah, so I so I build the shot I like. Mm-hmm. And as long as I like it, then I edit it the way I think that shot should look, regardless of what the grid's going right. to look like. And, you know, I post the shot. Hopefully it does well. Right. And, um, and but I don't really feel like I have a signature style, at least not yet. Um, right. I kind of feel like I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. I just, I kind of let the shot well, dictate... Where, where I should go. Well, you have, like, those deep blacks in almost, like... So, out of, like, the last nine, you have them in, like, one, two, three, four, five, and six, and seven. I, I, have, I have started going more into that deep black. Every yeah. once in a while, then, I'll get these, like, really rich golden tones, yeah. like, on that... On the whiskey photo from yeah. a couple days ago. Yeah. 
that breaks the pattern. But yeah, I Which do. Is, I, I guess do I do. Think, lead. Do you think you can stick to that? Like that gold thing, like that seventeen oh six coin shot with the bracelet on the side. Is that a bracelet? I don't know. Uh, uh, with the uh, that's actually the an and. Yeah. Well, to that, to that uh, quick story. That little, um, the little thing next to it is actually an antique scarf ring that, like, a oh, woman wow. um, would wear back in the day when you know they'd wear like a silk scarf, yeah. and then they would slip the ends yeah. through. Wow. Uh, and my wife—that's um, from my wife's grandmother. Uh, and it's just got like this beautiful like little pearl stone in it. So I thought mm. it was just perfect yeah. with the coin. But anyway, what, what were you asking so about that I, shot? I wanted to say like those colors, why don't you keep those colors? Like that yellowy goldish color, I think. But then what, it depends on what you shoot. For example, that shot before that from the burgers, if you apply the same colors, it just won't work. <laughs> like if you get... Yeah, and that burger's... You, the, that burger is such a non sequitur, right? But it was a food challenge, so I'm yeah. like, well, screw it. I'll put it up there. But boy, talk about a shot that does not belong. That does not belong. <laughs> well, sorry about that, man. They were but, good, though. They yeah, were good, though. Yeah, but like, if you make, if you apply those colors, that lettuce is going to be yellow. It's not going to look good. Bro. Right. Right, right. But, yeah. I think, I think your theme could be that black thing. Like, that black thing could definitely be a thing where when you land on your page, you'll be like, oh, okay. I see the blacks. I see those these yeah. blacks, and and it's but do you like, think? But do you think I can make that work with both like the like the black neutral colors as well as like the blacks and golds? Yeah. So black and or gold. That, black and gold would definitely go together. Like the one with the kraken. That shot yeah. with the kraken and the coins and the cards on the side. Like that's a banner yeah. shot, and it works because there is blacks, there is uh, yellows and gold, and there is like a little bit of red, little bit, very little. Yeah. But then the shot after that, it could have worked with the same edit, but then the fade that you added took away a lot of the colors. I think. And oh, then you that's added, true. Yeah. And then you added that that blue thing in the shadows. <clears throat> So that's why, like, you have you seen like MB's page? MB's page go together like yeah, bread and butter. Like MB, I know it's Ooh. sick. I know. Yeah, but then, I know it's great. It but then great. that's that's what he does. Like he has those colors and he keeps applying them, and that's why I I ask you about the preset thing because I think you should have your own preset, but then for each shot you should just adjust them a little bit so it makes sense. So if you apply the same edit from that cracker shot to the burger. It won't work unless you change like the greens and the yellows and the oranges and the reds. So the tomato is red and the mm -hmm. lettuce is green and yellowish and stuff. So it could work, but mm -hmm. then it takes like, and it takes less time. But then some people just like to like uh, edit their shots like individually. Each shot will have its own edit, <clears throat> which is totally cool. Yeah, it's like a creative I... um, path, and it's totally fine. But I'm just saying for that for that unity that people have on their pages, like your page is mm -hmm. honestly when I land on it, I see those amazing deep blacks, and I I really like that. And then, but yeah. because you asked, I I think you can make those colors work. Even that sunset shot, you can you can apply those same colors from the crack, and, and but then it will take a lot away from the blues. But then sometimes you have to just sacrifice. <laughs> Right. Like sometimes you yeah, like, sorry yeah. to lose. Um, we're going orange this time. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like with that sunset, there's definitely a bunch of ways I could have gone with it. Yeah. I mean, I think the blues are sick, but yeah. they don't necessarily fit yeah. anything else either. Yeah, but that's also its own aesthetic. You know what I mean? Not fitting is also yeah. its own its own thing. So, okay, so with, where do you get like the inspirations from? Like, do you look at other people or or it just comes to you naturally? Um, both. So I, I definitely, if I see someone's, if I see something someone does that I really like, I'll save it so that I could go back to it for inspiration. Um, right. I've done that on a few, not too many, because I really try to be as unique, as original as I can. Right. Most of them, it's, um, it's looking through the gear that I've got. Okay. And, uh. And then just deciding, you know, if I feel like a flat lay today, then I know what I'm going to be looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I know I want to do more of a composition of some kind, sometimes I'll start with the background because I have a bunch of different backgrounds. So am I going to do a black one? Am I going to do like a, a woodsy looking one? And then what's going to look good with that? And, right. you know, I'll just kind of I'll just kind of almost build out a scene. Right. Um, depending on depending on what kind of gear right. I feel like shooting that day right and give me like give me like top three like the people you take you get inspired by like are they in the community do you look somewhere else uh pinterest is that uh, a thing yeah not for uh no not really for me it's not okay. um let's see so i i get a lot from mb i mean right. i think everybody that you talk to is going to give him a lot of love because yeah. everything he's given you know, back to us. So I, I definitely get a lot from MB. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking here. There's one, there's one that I did. Oh, here it is. Um, yeah. Uh, everyday minimalist. I, I basically, right, I basically completely, I completely copped a shot from him, but I gave him full credit for it too. Right. I, it's the one, um, it's a few weeks back. Okay. And um, if you see the one in the grid, actually, if you see the one with me and my sunglasses, the one where I introduced myself. Right. And then the one next to that is the is the um, Orbit Key Nest. Right. And then the one next to that is the Spyderco on the wood slats. Right. So I that one, that Spyderco on the wood slats with the jack of, with the jack of spades. Yeah. That is a straight up. Um, <laughs> everyday minimalist yeah. copy i'm like i love that shot yeah. and uh i, I want to i'm going to recreate that yeah and um so i uh i did gave him mm. full props for it but mm. um i i like how that one right. turned out um otherwise yeah i mean i like his stuff i like mb stuff um i'll tell you what uh, uh brady who you talked to on the last podcast yeah. he he got he got me back into the whole landscape bug man when yeah. i started when he took his yosemite trip mm -hmm. and i started looking at those photos and then um and then i bought one of his yeah um when he started selling them and that's uh, that really got me back into the landscape yeah bug too yeah. he's uh, i think he's he's awesome i love his yeah. stuff brady is, is such a nice guy too man he's such a nice guy oh, i know he's into coffee and landscapes it's sold for me. I'm down. Right. I get down with that. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nicest dude. So yeah, I, I'd say it's and then and then it's random, right? Like, I saw somebody. I don't even know who 
kind of did a pocket dump on a pair of jeans and I thought oh that looks cool the, yeah. the jeans look awesome yeah so then I started playing you know with but then I started thinking well you know fabrics in general are really cool so I did a shot on jeans and that turned out pretty good yeah. and then I started thinking well what other kinds of fabrics can I play with and my wife has all these really cool scarves so I kind of raided her closet and yeah. I grabbed a few of her scarves <laughs> yeah. and and I just, you know, the, the texture and the light that you can get when you start yeah. kind of crumpling up all these fabrics yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes I don't even remember who I got it from, yeah. but I just, I see something like jeans and I'm like, oh, I got to play with that. Mm. If you're into fabrics, try uh, velvet. I've tried velvet with like some colors oh, and stuff. Yeah. It looks pretty gnarly. <clears throat> yeah, I can see that. The way light, the yeah. way light reflects off velvet yeah, is yeah, really yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so like, how do you, Sweet. but then how do you, um, like, do you, okay, so when you do a shoot, do you take like a million photos to get one, or you take like, because you said you take 30 minutes, so I'm yeah. assuming 15 minutes to shoot it, 15 minutes to edit it? Yeah, it's funny, because I was listening to you and Brady talk about that same thing as well, and I was thinking, oh man, I take way fewer shots than those yeah. guys. Yeah. I, uh, I'll set the shot. Right. And I'll get the lighting, and then I'll do like I'll do like four or five test shots. Okay. And I'll I'll take out the card. I'll go to the computer, and I'll try to figure out, you know, where in this like five different shot zone do I need to focus in? Mm -hmm. And I'll pick one of those, and then I'll hone in, and I'll do another five, oh. but much tighter around okay. that look. Right. And then usually by then I pop those five out, and I pick one of those, and that's it. That's a that's a different approach. I never thought of that. But yeah, then, because okay, when, so, you know. But then it might work for some people. Like I shoot at cafes and restaurants and stuff too. But like I can't. I just can't do that because we don't have the we don't have the time to for me to like take right. test shots and then bring them in the computer and see what I want to do because the food is gonna get cold, the coffee is gonna get cold, yeah, yeah. bad. So yeah, I, I do almost all of mine at home. Um, yeah. Almost all of them. Yeah. So, of course, if I'm doing landscapes and stuff, I'm just going to shoot like crazy. I'll shoot a yeah. hundred. Yeah. But if I'm setting up a shoot, not that at, crazy EP. <laughs> yeah. But but if I'm setting up a shoot at home, yeah, I set it up really carefully. I'll yeah. do a few testers. Yeah. Um, and you know, the test shots also show me where something maybe isn't straight or right. the lights looking weird. And right. then once I dial that in, then yeah, I just usually knock out five or six more right. and then uh and then i pick one and i edit okay right. and then yeah editing it takes me about on the average shot mm -hmm. it'll take me about 15 minutes and then sometimes i'll go deep and i'll i'll spend an hour and then i'll come back and i'll i'll mess with it some more and i'll just mm -hmm. i'll just go nuts on it but for the average daily shot for me okay. it's about 15 minutes all right and are you are you into like anything else creatively? Like, do you do anything else creative or like craftsy vibes or? Um, no, uh, photography and kind of writing, storytelling, public speaking, right? What kind of stuff? But I do that for work. Oh. So I'll I'll speak. Uh, I, I tend to speak more at like creative conferences on the topic of of storytelling, but mm -hmm. because of my work in market research, I actually take more of a scientific approach okay. to storytelling. So uh, I, 
don't want to bore everybody with this, but the, the basic gist of it is that, um, you know, in my field of marketing and market research, it's all about persuasion, right? So right. my clients have a product, they want you to buy it. Right. So we've got to persuade you to buy that product somehow. Right. And of course you can do that with packaging and pricing and color and taste and all that. Mm-hmm. But then mo- most importantly is we have to do it with the story that we tell you. And very often what we're trying to do, like I do work for, um, I do work like for some healthcare organizations right. or financial services organizations right, right. where they're really trying to get people to change behavior. Like they might not be selling you a product, but a financial services company might want to get you to invest more money or save more money. Right. So that's where we get into um, that's where we get into more the psychology of right. storytelling, okay. right? A be- yeah, behavioral science, behavioral. Yeah. Uh, storytelling, social psychology, where where we're going to deliberately craft a story that's going to take you on this journey that's going to get you from where you are to where we want you to be. Um, and we're not doing it manipulatively or trying yeah, to get you to do anything bad. It's usually... Yeah. I know. It, well, it's kind of like the whole Google do no, do no evil, right? Yeah. Like. Of course, that can be used for evil, and it is mm-hmm. all the time in politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, half of half of politics is is trying to tell you stories uh, for good, yeah. and the other half of politics is telling you stories for evil. Yeah, and it can definitely be used for good or right. for evil. Right. Um, I'm pretty careful, you know, just so I right. could I could sleep at night. I only right. take I only take the jobs. Where, where I feel like, okay, I, I can get behind this. I like what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Like that example specifically, uh, you know, I did work with a financial services company where they wanted to get younger people um, saving money earlier in their career and investing earlier in their career because the money you invest in your 20s and 30s is down. so much more valuable yeah. in your 60s than yeah. if you don't start saving until your 40s. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's thousands and thousands of dollars. So for me, I'm like, I could totally get behind that. Right. Um, so, so, so a lot okay, of the public so, speaking. So you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned like the whole politics thing. Like I heard like, for example, like Donald Trump wears like a certain colored tie or something to give off certain feelings. Is that, is that, uh, is that a real thing or? Um, I don't know that to be fact, but I do know that that, that principle is very sound. So that all kind of falls under the umbrella of what we call nonverbal communication. Right. So it's how you, it's how you carry yourself, your posture, how you stand. Right. Uh, it's the eye contact you make. It's the way. It's the way you use your hands when you talk. Right. It's the um, inflection in your voice, how deliberately you pause. Right. How quickly you talk, how slowly you talk, and then you get into things like power colors, like red. Right. And and like navy blue, right? Those are power colors. Yeah. So, if he wants to come across as more powerful and authoritative, right. he's going to wear a red tie right. against a white shirt, so that red tie jumps out at you, and that is a very masculine dominant power color. Wow, this is so interesting. So yeah, yeah. So that stuff is definitely real, and and we do that. I mean, we do a lot of color. We do color research. Right. We do. Like when we're helping clients with packaging, you know, it's like, well, what color should we make this? What the, what should the color palette be? 
Right. Uh, is it is it too masculine? Is it too feminine? What's the target market? Right. Um, so all of that kind of non-conscious, um, not quite subliminal, but it is it is definitely below that conscious level where it's being imparted on you. Right. And it works subcon- like subconsciously. Realize it or not, it kind of hundreds with, of times with, a day with people. Like certain colors with, and it also depends on the product. Oh, it works it, like. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Tell me more, dude. I, oh, yeah, I, I had like a whole works. list of I questions, mean... but fuck that. Just, <laughs> just, just let's no. talk about this. So, like, no, these I mean, are the colors it, it's, people it's, use for like different products and like what effects does it have and 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 all that stuff. Like, give me the goodies, and I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in it. Yeah. Like, in the community, there's a lot of people that they're doing like products and stuff, and they would want not to like not to like how. I don't know how to put it. Like, I, they want the persuasion. Like, they want people... When I have yeah. a product, I want people to buy it because I know how much work it went to, into it. But at the same right. time, if the only part that's going to fuck up my whole deal and, like, not let me sell as many as I could sell was, like, the packaging or the color of the packaging, shit, I would want to know about yeah. that. So I think a lot right. of people would be interested in hearing that stuff. So, go. Yeah, well, I mean, so, you know, just, just some rules of thumb, tips and tricks, right? right. So, like I said, things like, like red and navy blue, uh, masculine, more power, a power color. Right. Where you get into, like, you get into things like, um, you get into things like trust. That's where you start to get more into earth tones, right? Like, okay. like browns. That's why, that's why a beautiful piece of leather Right. makes us feel so good, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, of course you can dye leather any color, but if you're dealing with authentic leather, right. it's some shade of brown right. most of the time. Yeah. So, you know, you get into those earth tones, right? Like, you know, greens of the grass and, and brown from the bark of a tree and a, a, a beautiful dark brown from a piece of leather. Right. And so that, those kinds of colors more evoke, like, um, a sense of, like, a sense of peace, um, a sense of kind of trustworthiness, like salt of the earth, right. you know, ca- um, calm in a way. Right. If you really want to then start making people feel more calm and serene, that's where you start to move into kind of softer, almost pastel colors. But where it gets tricky there is you've got some color palettes that are traditionally more masculine mm-hmm. and some that are traditionally more feminine. And so you also have to figure out, well, who's my target market? Am I going to sell mostly to, you know, 18 to 34 year old males? Okay, if that's the case, I still don't necessarily need to make everything like, you know, red, like they're just angry bulls all the time. (laughs) Um, It's a matter of figuring out, like, you know, what am I selling and what do do I want to make people feel, right? right? What's the emotion that I want to evoke? And then... There's so much research on color theory. Like if you even just Google color theory and get into all of the meanings behind not only colors themselves, but then the way colors work with one another and complementary colors and opposing colors. And um, there's, yeah, there's so much that goes into that. And then when you get into writing copy, uh, then you get into all the words and phrases that trigger the way people think and make decisions. So, there are these things in behavioral psychology 
called uh, called cognitive biases, and it's it's under the field of behavioral economics, which is uh, which is under the field of behavioral science. And basically, what those say is that we know that humans are irrational. We make irrational decisions all the time. And right. you know it. You make your own, and you're like, "Why the hell did I do that?" Yep. Or you see someone else, and you say, "What could they be? What were they thinking?" Yep. Well, here's the thing: they weren't thinking. Their lizard brain took over, right. and they did what they're hard coded to do. Right. Um, so when you, uh, but when you understand those, right. then you can write copy and craft stories mm-hmm. that will play into those very things. So. Um, you know, there's something called the framing effect, which has to do with with the way something can be framed one way or another. That's more that's more obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but here, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a classic example of it. It's one that I actually I do in a workshop because that's when everybody gets it immediately. There was this study done, right, where um, uh, they were trying to figure out what could they do to get people to. Uh, eat healthier, right? To 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 have lower body weight, better health. Right. And they were trying to figure out. Okay, so they took a particular food, um, and they split the research participants into two groups. And one half of the group <clears throat> would learn about that food in terms of the number of calories, and the other group would learn about that food in terms of the amount of exercise you'd have to do in order to work that food off. Okay. Right? And then the question was, so if I told you that, um, you know, uh, a cup of Ben and Jerry's frozen yogurt is 140 calories, right? Right. You might think, okay, and and then my question to you in the survey is, how good of a choice is that if you're trying to watch what you eat? And most people are thinking, well, it's frozen yogurt, so it's healthy. And 140 calories, that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a pretty good choice. Yeah. Then you tell somebody, okay, you need to jog for 20 minutes nonstop <laughs> to burn off those 140 calories. Fuck that. And the thing is, we, we don't – but we don't tell the jogging people um, yeah, the number of calories. Yeah. We just say one serving of Ben & Jerry's frozen yogurt is a cup, yeah. and you can have it. But to work it off, you have to jog for 20 minutes. Right. And of course, it's no surprise, the number of people who wanted it then dropped dramatically, wow. right? Wow. So then, you know, if you're a psychologist and you're trying to design a way to communicate with people about how to eat healthier, well, instead of telling them how many calories are in food, how about you tell them how much exercise they'd have to do to work it off? Maybe that would simply turn them off to the food, make them less interested. Wow. Right? There's hundreds of examples like that that go into the way marketing and advertising is created in order to get you to buy shit. (laughs) Right. And I bet, like, when you look at, like, people selling stuff on Instagram, you look at all that stuff subconsciously without, like, like, you look at it and they're like, oh, that's what they did that worked. Is that true? Like, do you look at? Oh like, yeah. So like, okay. Well, so yeah, and, and in, so so what I want well, to tell you is like, fascinating if, too. If yeah, if, if uh, so, you see you see like Pete stuff. There is like a lot of blacks and grays and like earth some earth tones and like with the coin and stuff. Why does that work? 
does not work because he's famous and the quality of this stuff is good or those two plus the colors of the products that he produces yeah that that's a tricky one because he's already famous right um i will say that the the mood he's created so here's here's why i think it works it works because he's created a personal brand right that he's gotten people to want to be a part of right and then he stays true to it right? right like if he built his brand and then suddenly he put out a coin that was like blue you'd right. be like what the fuck what am i yeah. gonna do what this doesn't make sense right, right? but it, but he's he's crafted this brand so carefully right all the way down to you know, even I mean, if even if you look at the if you look at the Pete's Pirate Life Instagram feed, like that thing is so perfectly curated, yeah. so that when he puts out a product, every product is going to fit that. So yeah. you know, being true to a brand, if you're going to build a brand, right. you have to lock in on what that brand is, and you you can deviate a little, but right. it has to be deliberate. You have to decide when you're building that brand. These are the parameters right. in which. I'm going to be able to market my products right. and I'm and basically you build you build a wall around that right. and you would never go outside. And if you want to go outside of that, then you have to build another brand, right? You right. can't. And that's what you help brands do. Like you help them craft this this brand thing where there is an image. Yeah. And if you want to go out of that image, <laughs> you just got to make another whole thing. Yeah, you got to yeah, you got to do something else, right? It's like if you know if Pete wanted to do something besides Pete's Pirate Life, that's great. Right. But don't jam it into the Pete's Pirate Life brand. That brand is already baked, right? You have to play by the. Basically, a brand is a set of rules. Right. Establish those rules for that brand, and you convince the public that that's what that brand is all about. And you get them to want to be a part of it, and you almost create like a cult, not right. in the not in the really bad way, but right. you know, I mean, hardcore Peter McKinnon fans that that in a way, like people follow that, right? right? They're flying his flag literally. Yeah. He now he needs to be very careful with that. He has to follow the rules that he's created for that brand. Right. And if he wants to do something else, hundred percent, he should do it. Right. But. Um, well, look, it's one of the reasons why he doesn't, um, you know, he, uh, he does the James brand coffee stuff, but he doesn't do it under Pete's pirate life. He does it under Peter McKinnon. Um, right. you know, so he keeps certain things outside of the Pete's pirate life brand yeah. and curates the brand very carefully. And that's, but yeah, so, I, okay. you know, the simplest way to think of a brand is, is a set of rules that once you establish them, you can't break them. I'm like my mind is is blown. Okay, so okay, so he 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 did the coins and like the mugs and whatever with the rings and stuff. All that fits. Where the fuck did the sauce come from? <laughs> uh, well, uh, okay. The, so the sauce. The only reason I I could I I have an answer for that question is because I just watched um, the podcast that he and Maddie. Do, the Maddie and Pete yeah, podcast. podcast. They just did an episode with Kirk, with Captain Kirk, and oh. they talked about the origin. They talked about the origins of the sauce. Oh, so, okay. um, 
so Kirk had helped Pete start building the Pete's Pirate Life brand, and then uh, they kind of have this inside joke between them. Every time uh, Kirk kind of finishes up with a video, and Pete is like, yeah, it's almost there, but I don't know, there's just a little something else I need. Kirk, Kirk would say, all right, let me put some sauce on it. Right. And so then Peter explained in the podcast, he's like, I was, we were just joking around one day, and he's like, but we should make a sauce. Yeah. And we should call it Captain Kirk's yeah. uh, secret sauce. And yeah. then they just said, screw it, let's do it. And they just did it. That's, okay. And so, but, right. they, so but they don't, but they didn't sell, but I don't think they sold the sauce. They sold the sauce. Through, no, but I don't think they sold it through the Pete's actual, well, it is branded with PPL, but I don't think they, he, he has yeah, it on I guess the they page did sell on, it through on, PPL. On Pete's Pirate yeah. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does. He does. Life. He does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Then, okay. So you don't think? Okay. From your point of view, you don't think it was a bad idea not to have the story before they launched the product for sale? Like, do you think they damaged the brand, or 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 it didn't? I don't think I it don't did. Th- I don't think it did. Right. I don't think it damaged the brand because his fans. Right. His fans are so into everything he does. Right. That. You know, he, he has a lot of leeway, whereas right. a lot of other people, if they put out a hot sauce yeah. and clocks and colors, jewelry, right. and you'd be like, well, wait a minute, my head's spinning, right? Mm-hmm. But but he's created this head-to-toe persona. People want to wear the hat he wears. Yeah. They want the necklace he's wearing. They want the ring he's wearing. They want the camera he's using. Right. So very few people are able to pull off what he's pulled off and then the other thing with the sauce though is that um, the sauce itself like if you look at the branding on that sauce and you look at the label that they created for that thing like they made this thing a work of art I mean it was the sauce itself is perfectly good I got some I enjoy it but what I like way more I mean I can't stop staring at the label on that yeah, bottle, that, yeah, that and I think word. I think Kirk designed it, and mm. it's just it's just incredible. So yeah. I think he's got that leeway, right? And then right. I think he let the story leak. I mean, it's been out there that it's a riff on the whole put some sauce on it, but right. they never came out and like wrote up a web page where they just explained it mm. outright. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think Pete just knows that if if he puts out hot sauce, people are going to buy it. Yeah, I mean, if he put out yeah. anything. Any, pretty much, pretty much anything. Yeah. Because he's not stupid. I don't. He wouldn't drift so far. Yeah. Like, he definitely played with the edges a little. Mm-hmm. Hot sauce, I think. Mm-hmm. But he didn't go out of bounds. Right. Um, and do you think like him I mean, having like a whole manager thing like helped it a lot? Um. What? Well, what manager do you mean? He has a manager. They. Um, Oh, uh, does he have like a? He, he has a manager, like a business manager yeah, who's like he managing his brand. Oh, uh, I forgot. His see, name. I'm, I'm not up to speed on that. Holiday, so I don't know that, Sean, but... Sean Holiday. Oh, okay, okay. That's his manager. He's in a lot of the videos, uh, but that's his manager. Uh yeah. Well, then that probably helped Pete start thinking more like a business person, right? Because I mean, right. Pete's background is he's a magician. He's definitely artistic. He's a photographer, right. videographer. Right. 
Uh, I don't know that he was ever really a, a marketer, a business person. So I could definitely see how someone could come in and say, you know, he, it took him, you know, he spent three years, he got five million on, uh, you know, on YouTube. So now he's got this persona yeah. um, and that, you know, that he can capitalize on. Is the person yeah, they do. And, but, he, but here's what's interesting, right? Let's compare him to someone else like, like Casey Neistat, for instance, right? right. Um, so Casey has three times. He's got like 14, 15 million mm-hmm. on YouTube. Peter mm-hmm. has five, right? Right. And Casey came out way ahead of Peter. Like I actually learned of Peter through Casey. Right. Um, that's what first put me on the radar. Mm-hmm. But Casey never cultivated... You know, so Casey, I mean, he sold some T-shirts and some some things like that, but he never really cultivated this persona and this brand where Peter kind of created this persona and this brand around himself where now he puts his name on something and and people want it. Right. And and you do that for the brands? I do that for brands. We usually do it, you know, we do it for big... You know, national brands. Some sometimes it's food or beverage or household electronics. And we work with streaming networks, and we test we test like TV pilots and and streaming pilots to figure out what what is the audience like. You know, right. do they like the characters? Do they like the story arc? what needs right. to be adjusted to make the show more successful. So right. we do product research, we do branding, we do advertising, we do entertainment. Right. Basically anything where the public has to be influenced or persuaded to either buy your stuff, watch your stuff, subscribe for your stuff. Right. That's where they would call someone like me to help them figure out how do we make this fit exactly how do we make the key that fits perfectly into that lock? Right. So um, I'm coming to you right after this podcast, yeah? Just do, Heck just yeah, some, man. Look, if you branding on Pirate it, Samuel. If you're, yes, if, if you want to, if you want to figure out what that Pirate Samuel brand is, and especially if you want to start, um, you know, putting out some products, then you are going to want to set those brand parameters for what is the Pirate Samuel brand yeah. and what is it not, right. right? It's equally as important to decide what it isn't as it is to decide what it is. Right. And then you set, then you establish those rules. Right. And then you're free to work within those rules as much as you want. Right. And what would you say would be off-brand, off of, like, if Pete wanted to do something, like, okay, so we know he, he, he's been, like, vibing with uh, Ford for, like, a really long time. Mm-hmm. If he come, it would be crazy, but if he comes up with, like, a Ford that says, like, Pirate Life on it and Pete's logo is on it, would that be off-brand or would that, would that go? Because, like, because we know Ford is not, Ford is not, like, uh, sponsoring him or anything. And right, he, they're he, not. He, yeah, he, yeah. He would love that, and I hope he. I yeah. honestly hope he gets it because he, he deserves it. But, but do you I'll, think? I'll tell you what. So I'll give you an example. Car is is insane. I mean that that would be next level. I don't know that that would be off brand. I'll tell you something that would be off brand. I think like uh, a Peter McKinnon sneaker would be off brand. 
Why? And I say that because right. so early on when he was when he was doing a lot of vlogging, right. um, he he showed that he's really into sneakers and he's got a whole bunch of right. he's got a ton of Nike stuff. Right. Um, but at the same time, so he loves to wear sneakers, and in every one of his videos, he's wearing you know crazy expensive, really yeah. cool sneakers. Yeah. But but there's some but if he were to come out with a with a with a Pete's Pirate Life or a Peter McKinnon sneaker, right. that that to me is a disconnect. Like camera bag makes sense, camera straps would make sense, of course, filters. Then you get into the whole persona, right? Right. If he, he did he did, you know, caps, ball caps, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the jewelry that makes sense, but for some reason, then you start to get into like athletic wear, almost like yeah. a sneaker. Yeah. And I feel like there, there, you're just going to drift a little too far. That's just going to be a head scratcher. Like I don't get it. But you, you don't think you can still I, connect I, I it? Would, you, you, like, I think you I can mean, connect. Look, I, I don't want to. I think. Look, I, I think you can probably make it connect right. if you work if you work hard enough right. right but there are some things that just make more sense right than other things and there are some things where i might say yeah you could sell that but should you right. really like is that the is that really what your brand is all about like yeah you love sneakers that's cool go go buy them yeah but is that really your brand to put your to put your logo on sneakers that really makes sense Right. Like, what comes to my so head is, like, he, just he, he's can. saying, like, if I run, I'm just going to cuff up blood. And, like, but I still want to look good. So I'm just going to have my own sneakers. <laughs> but yeah, right. it, would, it, would, it would work, I think. Because people would be like, yeah, I, mean, I don't fucking I'll run too, what, but I want to look good. Like, I, I still need the fly kicks. But at the same time, I don't, I'm not a runner. And also, you're not gonna run in like off-white sneakers because they crease. You can't. It's just right. it's, that's blasphemy. You can't. You should go to jail. I know. <laughs> like right. Yeah. I think it will fit, but I don't. I don't. You'd know better. So I'm just saying. Well, like, the first I, thing that comes to my head is like, yeah, if I run, I'm gonna cover blood, but I still want to look good. So boom, sneakers. Yeah. And he's gonna bring that whole yeah. comfort thing in it, like which is I I, I don't know. I think it's dope. I mean, where I think he could play around would be like, would like would be outerwear because you know half the year he's off in these really cold locations doing these shoots. If he came out, if he came out with like his own down jacket or did a deal with like you know Canadian Goose Down or whatever, and, right. and he did a version of like tactical outerwear designed for adventure right. and photography. And maybe it had some cool, you know, specific pockets. You can put your put your spare lens here and put your filters there and right. whatever. Like that, that, would work that for sure. you can make that work for sure. Yeah. But he, he had his own T-shirts too, right? I don't remember T-shirts. I think, I think he had his own T-shirts, but the only thing that made it his was the label at the bottom of the T-shirt that said Peter McKinnon with like his signature. I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah. It was, man. This is, this but is he, great. I'm so glad we're doing this. He's, no, he, I mean, he's a fascinating brand case study because everyone listening to this 
certainly knows him. And I know it's cliche to talk about him because everybody talks about him, but he's such a fascinating case study and what he's been able to do. Yeah, and he's in like great three stuff short and he years. To be talked about, you know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you want to study how to go from zero to a hundred yeah. in three years. I mean, what he's been able to build in that short period of yeah, time. Yeah, and come up with a sauce. Right. I definitely want that. I and, you know, I mean, even the coin, when that Kraken 2 came out in that in that puzzle box, and yeah. just the whole mystique around it, it's yeah. like, oh, my God, dude. Yeah, and it's a sellable. Like, nobody's ever... Everything he does is just easily sellable to, like, a few demographics. Like, a, a few, like there's, like, the puzzle thing, yeah. there's, like, the, the people that are into, like, the pirate stuff, and then the people that are into collecting coins and... You know what I mean? There was like a few, yeah. Uh, like you said, like target audience. So there was like he he yeah, he and they're like and they're always those, which helps the sales. Yeah, and it's always top dollar. It's always um, it's always more expensive, but part of that is I'm sure he's putting a little bit of a premium on it, and part of it is all of those extra touches he puts on it mm -hmm. cost money. You right. know, the puzzle box costs money, and the leather slip costs money, yeah. and even even the you know the extra straw and hay or whatever he throws in the box to make it a cool opening experience, all that shit costs money. Yeah, like I, yeah, you could sell a coin yeah. for thirty bucks. Yeah. What makes it a hundred bucks or one hundred and twenty-five bucks right. is is all the other mystique and storytelling yeah. around it. Like we were on the on the first podcast, we were talking. Uh, I was talking to Tony about it. Like all this, like the whole puzzle thing. That's at least like twenty, thirty dollars. The coin, on top mm -hmm. of that, all the straps, the whole, the whole thing. I don't think he yeah. made more than like fifty, sixty dollars on each coin. And I'm sure there is like cuts off of that as well. Like after he sells it, there is. I'm pretty sure those those numbers get cut. Oh yeah. So. Uh, well, plus yeah, plus if he has a manager, right? Manager yeah. gets a cut. Yeah. And then. Um, yeah, I mean, cost of goods on that stuff really what's, does start to add up. That's what a lot of people 20%? don't understand. What is uh, I think managers can be, be between 10 and 20, probably depends on the deal. Right, right. That's for celebrities. I don't I don't quite know where he falls with his manager, but, right. you know, like movie stars, celebrities, it's usually somewhere 10, 20% to a manager, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got your manager, and then they ha and then celebrities have their agent, right? So manager gets a cut, agent gets, gets a cut, cut, and then you know, just you, you watched Entourage, right? You know how that goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> best best show ever. Yeah, it's dude. Like this conversation, I honestly like. I've learned so much, so I have to thank you for it. No, no, it's fun, man. I, I could talk about this stuff yeah. all day all day long. Yeah. And I hope the people that listen to this like they, they get to learn as much as I did. And I'm definitely coming to you and I think anybody out there that is trying to like sell products or like have their own brand, they should eat you up. Because, first of all it stays in the community. Second of all, you're a genuinely nice dude. So I think it'll be easy to work with you. So, yeah, well, I mean, thank you. And, and truthfully, I mean, look, my company works with big brands, big businesses, but me, DP, EDC, yeah. uh, I, I'm just happy to support this community, help, help everybody out. Yeah. So, yeah, if anybody listening wants to talk about how to position their small maker brand or, 
or anything like that or any help that I can give to you. I mean, I'm, I'm not looking to make money or anything like that. I just want to, I just want to help out and, uh, watch everybody be a little bit more successful and, uh, just enjoy what they do, you know? Right. Right. So like uh, off of this, off of this DP brand, you're not making any, uh, are you making any products or anything, any, anything DP coming out? Uh, well, I did, I did a run of stickers. Right. Um, just for fun and right. I get you know I, and I get and I just I just give them away I'm not charging for them or anything right uh, but any anybody who wants them I just um, I just give them away right. and I haven't th- I've had a few people say to me that they think I should you the know. only reason I'm hesitant I mean the logo is cool and I take no credit I have a graphic designer I work with and she right. made it right. um, full props to her for just Dude, I think crush logo. It. Lo- I make logos, <laughs> but that logo is. And I just honestly, I just, I just learned how to make logos like three months ago when I started posting yeah. it on Instagram. But this is like your logo is crazy. Well, thank you. I it's, mean, she's uh, she's a professional graphic designer yeah, her whole awesome. career, so she is she's top notch. And I guess the only thing I'm not sure because it's you know kind of clearly my initials right. i honestly just don't know if people would be interested you know if i slap um, that thing on well I, some different I products think, t-shirt hat whatever yeah I but i don't know. think people would see it as your initials see that's the thing i'm really close to it like do you think it's is do you think it's blatantly a dp no. or do i just see no. it that way that's what you see it's not a dp it's <laughs> okay it's that that with the legs and really? everything, yeah, you're good. Bro. Yeah, I think you should make some products. I'm s- and and well, I've been, I have been, I know it would look cool on uh, on yeah. some merch like t-shirt or hat, things like that. I'd I know say, that would look cool. I'd say if you're going, if you're going for it, just go full blast and don't, don't, don't go the the, the route that everybody takes. That's that's what I'm gonna say. I'm not going like like yeah, what? T-shirts, what do you mean? T-shirts would be cool, but like. Mm, t-shirts is like the first like that's what everybody goes to like as long, as soon as a youtuber gets to right. like 100k boom t-shirts coming out t-shirt yeah right? okay so i'd say like the stickers is dope but i think you can what about a coin what about a dp coin like i can i can help you design it if you want or you can talk to jake or I'm sure it will look cool because the logo is dope and then you can on the other side you can come up with like uh, something something else that's that's you and it's going to be unique yeah. and also like with those so back to that that whole editing thing with the with the black stuff why not a black coin yeah there aren't many there aren't many black coins boom I think you're good, bro. I think you can. I think you can definitely make like a black coin with like, just like that. Um, I'd say just go with the texture of it. Like, just make them like stamp the coin, and the logo comes out from one side. So you can just mm-hmm. touch it, and you have to hold it in like certain light for you to see the logo and stuff. It would look. It would, oh, I it see. It would look berserk. Like it would look insane. 
So have the have the logo be more like matte finished right into the same the yeah, same. It's like the same black. color almost. Right. But, but it, it, when you touch it, you can feel that whole. Huh. You know what I mean? Like it would look crazy. Yeah. It would look crazy with the tentacles and stuff. Oh, I, pr- I mean, I appreciate the encouragement. I've, yeah. I've also thought um, uh, a deck of cards might be cool, especially if I work with a designer and I yeah, really I mean, get like, the if cards. You have the de- de- if you have the graphic designer, bro, because I've never designed like a yeah. whole deck of cards, but I'm sure it's going to be insane. Yeah. There's like 52 different designs. It's a lot of work. It's also expensive. Like that yeah. would probably... Yeah, well, it depends, right? So when when you make custom cards, you have options, right? Like you mm-hmm. could either you could either just customize the back and then you use the stock face right. cards, right. or you can customize the back, customize the ace of spades, right. and then everything else is stock. And yeah. then you, otherwise, you get into full custom cards like what Joker and Thief yeah. does and stuff like that. And uh, that you pretty much like it's like it's about I think it's a thousand deck minimum to run it through a good card maker like bicycle yeah. or something so that's why they all run through kickstarter mm. they do all their decks of cards on kickstarter first yeah. what else what else jumps out at you besides a, a, in addition to a coin what, if, if i weren't coin? gonna go like the, well, yeah um, like what kind of product do you right, think so would be cool? people are gonna judge me and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure but i think a, a, a sculpture like a like a small sculpture oh yeah that'd be cool you know what i mean like with your logo but make it into like a 3d design and then have that whole thing designed with like the tentacles around it and the head of the kraken (laughs) and stuff and then make that dp a little bit smaller so it looks like the eyes well i put i i posted a photo in the last week with that steampunk octopus yeah on my feed and that's like a that's what jumped into my head when you said that, like a yeah. little 3D model. Yeah, I think I think it would look, I think it look crazy. But you gotta have somebody <laughs> that, be, that designs cool. the whole 3D thing. And yeah, yeah. Uh, on top of that, I think making something like that would cost a lot. So for you to sell it, yeah, it's it might be. T- it depends on like the quality uh, on, yeah. on on what material you use. Like I think if, if you use like brass, it, it, it could be around like fifty dollars, depending, yeah. depending on the size. But if you can finish yeah. it around fifty, more, sell it about like ninety. Yeah. 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 Or like if you can make it smaller, finish it about like twenty and sell it at I don't know, sixty, fifty, sixty should should yeah. be doable. Yeah. And it's not insane. I mean, like with the whole COVID thing going on, people are people are um, a little scared of like the whole finance situation. But then everybody is willing to support. But that's why I try to like put the prices of the prints as low as possible. So uh, I think I think you can do that with the same thing. Even like Pete, you uh, you know Pete AF, right? He's in the he's in the gallery. Yeah. That guy, he mm-hmm. he did the coins for ten dollars, which is. That's amazing. I know, I, I know. I, uh, yeah, I grabbed one of those. I'm like, yeah. uh, I'm thinking, dude, you should charge more for these coins. Yeah, and they're really nice <laughs> like, quality what, coins. Well, yeah, why is it, why are you only charging ten bucks? I mean, I, I appreciate that, but yeah, man, great, make a few man. bucks wish, on it. Yeah, but I, I think, I, like, he's he's just trying to like um, make his his self known. I I don't know to be honest. Yeah. Like, but like, it's it's dope that he could yeah. price it that low, you know. 
Like it's dope. Totally, totally could, cool. Yeah, he could do that because. Yeah. Do you, do you think do you think there's room in this kind of in this market for another for another coin? There's a lot oh, of coins of that have been coming out. Of course. Yeah. Of course, because coins people is something you can carry out. all the time. And it's always, it's always yeah. like, you know, like how people will be like, oh, what are you carrying today? Boom. I have a coin. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it makes mine a little bit more special than the others. But at the same time, right. it's something that you carry that has a meaning to you. So, so whenever you sit down and you pull it and put it on the table, it's like, all right, now we have something to talk about. What the fuck is that coin? So I think I think you could do a coin. A deck of cards would definitely be expensive. That sculpture thing, and um, I also looked into. All right, I'm just putting out everything. But I also looked into like Hanks and also uh, knives. Oh uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Hanks Hanks is like. Well, not. It's, it's just not profitable, bro. Like. Like, oh, is that true? I was gonna say knives would be expensive, knives, but our, our Hanks knives pretty uh, expensive. Like I talked to one guy about like a yeah, custom knife, and he was like six hundred dollars above a piece, and I was like, "What right, if I buy right. in bulk?" He was like, "Same price." I was like, "Fuck." But what about Hanks though? Dude, why Hanks why are they so Hanks why are they so costly? Uh, okay, so if you wanna if you wanna use just like all the labor, good, if you wanna use the good quality fabrics, that's gonna cost yeah. that's gonna run anywhere from like seven dollars to like twelve. About that, I've talked to a few people, so my my numbers like wow. are like ranging from different prices. But then, so yeah. the fabric is like five to like seven to like twelve, anywhere from there. And then you do the whole printing thing, and then the printing companies usually don't want to do just one. So they'd be like, "All right, we yeah. give you like twenty meters of this fabric printed and cut, and uh, or they don't cut it. You have to cut it and sew it yourself." And all of that price comes down to like twenty, twenty-five dollars. How much can you sell a hank? Like it's a piece of cloth, and you add the label to it. Yeah, the label I mean, is at least like a hundred, two hundred dollars for like a uh, hundred labels. So yeah. you go down. That's a good point. Yeah. So there's like it, it's tough. Like it, it's the the margin is like super small. It's like one dollar, two dollars maximum. Yeah. You can sell a hank for like fifty dollars, but then it's got to be something insane. Like Peter can yeah, sell I mean, a hank for yeah, fifty dollars. Yeah, most hanks are. He could, but yeah. otherwise they're like eighteen, twenty bucks yeah, exactly. tops. Exactly, but then that eighteen or twenty bucks yeah. is like there's like four dollars profit on it, or or three dollars. Yeah. yeah, and for the amount of work you have to put in, it's just. I don't. I would love to have my own Hank, but it's just no. I'm. I'm not. Yeah. Unless I find somebody that prints it, so it it would cost less. For for the for the time I have to put in, it, it's just not worth it, bro. Yeah. It's it's tough. Yeah, I didn't realize that, but that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, yeah like leather stuff is well, usually I mean, you're, good. You're, you're coin- Go tell me. Yeah, yeah, leather. Yeah, leather, and uh, I mean your coin certainly turned out. Really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, we're really. I love how that turned out. Um, I'm also looking into like some leather stuff, and also looking into. um, Yeah, I was looking at the knife, but I don't think I'm gonna do it. The knife is is insane. Like the knife prices for knives. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, unless like unless like you can collaborate with a brand, like you can you can just hit up Spiderco and be like, hey guys, um, we would love to have some or Wesson. Right. Wesson is like really cool. 
that 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 black yeah, knife that I know, they I have, like, I like them. It's super clean. But um, yeah, yeah, you can no, definitely like them, like, yeah. pick them up and be like, hey man, like, can we do like a collaboration on something like ten pieces or or, or whatever? And I think I think they would yeah. they'd be down. I don't know because I don't know how active they are in the community, and they they are pretty big. But I think it would be a good choice to like just hit them up and be like, hey guys, uh, we want to do like a little bit of a, a, a small batch of uh, knives, and this is a design and blah blah blah. And you have to have the design, and they have a, a whole yeah. team that like you know fixes your designs if you have problems. I'm sure or things like that so you haven't thought yeah. of, uh, thought of like making anything anything other than cards and t-shirts uh well no and i mean all i really thought of all i you know i knock out some stickers for you know 50 bucks and i had uh, right. you know a ton of stickers i could give away right and i i really hadn't thought about doing uh doing a real like a real product a real yeah. drop i had not i'm asking because had, on your on your feed there is a dp wallet is that a wallet? Yeah, so that, yeah, that's one of the brands that uh, I'm probably going to shoot for. Right. Um, do some shots for. They just, they, they, they put initials. You can get the wallet with initials. So okay. I bought that wallet and, right. and they monogram it. Right. But I do like, I mean, if I were to make like a, if I were to make like a, like a leather stamp or something that could be, in, uh, that logo that could be embossed. Yeah in a nice yeah. piece of leather just, and do like some small leather goods. I just got I just got into that that kind of I just started leather crafting. Um oh, cool. Like I just got like a bunch of leather and um the, the tools and stuff and I made a bunch of a bunch of stuff. It's man. Like I'm 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 I really started to have like a a great appreciation for the <laughs> for the people that make leather cuz it's tough yeah. dude. Sorry. Like I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing, or like I don't have any plans today, or or whatever. You can just spend a few hours on a few products, and yeah, man, it's super therapeutic. Like you just sit there and lose, lose. You like you don't know That's how cool. past, yeah. Well, I don't. Know, maybe I'll think. Maybe I'll think of something, especially especially if I might do something like a coin. I'll hit you up for some advice since you guys. Did oh one. yeah, for sure, bro. Anytime. Just hit me up or hit um, text. Uh, if you need like design work, if you have the designer but she can't or she doesn't have the time or for whatever reason she can't do it, hit up Jake. Jake is like a is a great designer. He's like yeah. really good at his shit. He made the logo for uh, Brandon Everyday yeah. Everyday yeah. Minimalist. He made the logo for that guy. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah. No, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. We got some we got some talented guys around here. He's super talented, man. And um, there's like a lot of people coming out with like new products. What what is your thought with like? Okay, I'm 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 really making you talk, bro. This episode is like it's super long, but it's super interesting to me. What is your Go thought with it. like? Go for um, it. With with, okay, so the market is saturated, but that's every market, right? So when when you come up with a product, it there is like definitely other makers that have the same thing that you have. What can what can you mm -hmm. do to make your product more special for people to be like, nah, I'm not gonna buy Pete's, I'm gonna buy yours. I know Pete is like a crazy example, but I'm just saying, like, 
if right, you, right. they would be like, nah, not that guy, but like, I got you. Do you think? Because for me, yeah, I, I, mean, I think it's like the person. It's like the personality of a person. Like you talk to me and be like, "Oh man, I fuck with this guy, but I don't know Pete." So I'm just gonna, right. I'm just gonna try and support this guy, except uh, instead of instead of Pete. But I want to hear your thoughts, yeah, because you've you're in the market for it. And that's what you do. No, I mean, I, every case is different, but ultimately, yes, it does, it comes down to the story and it comes down to the person, right? Because like right. you take leather goods, for example. Right. Once you get up into the into like you know the quality leather makers, right? The right. five, six, seven companies in our in our world here right. that make uh, leather goods, right? Mm-hmm. They're all kind of operating at the same level. Their quality is is more or less the same. Right. So then it comes down to you know who is it that you want to that you want to buy from? What do you feel that you like vibe the most with? Where when you put that thing in your pocket you feel like, yeah, this makes sense for me. This is me. Right. Uh, and that's, that's where you, that's building a brand and telling that story. Right. right? It's like, yeah, leather's leather, right. but, um, it comes down to the person who's actually sitting there making it and why are they making it? And what little, what little touches, what little detail, right? Like a little custom stitching or a little extra emblem of some kind or a little, a little cut, Right. in the leather that just makes it look a little unique that just makes it stand out from every other piece right and it's just finding that little thing mm-hmm. that that makes people start to connect you with something that they want to be a part of right but okay. it's intangible like it's I couldn't sit here and and give you like a blanket answer for everything because there's no hundred it's really like no, it's it, and it's intangible. It's it really comes down to like if you said, "Hey, I want to start making leather wallets," but there's like ten other guys in our crew who are making killer wallets. Right? Why would somebody buy mine? Right? Then you know we'd have to spend some time thinking about that and looking into that and and figuring out what's going to make yours different. Why should right. someone buy yours instead of somebody else's? And do you think like technique could be a thing? Like, oh, oh, oh you, this guy has like a certain cut or like a certain, um, certain look to his stuff. Is that a is that a is that a thing? That oh, totally. Marketing. All right. Yeah, you. like I actually just came across a brand I hadn't seen before within the last week. It's called Top Left, and they make they make wallets and leather goods okay. from my part of the world, Pacific Northwest. That's right. why it's called Top Left, right. the top left of the U.S. Right. And there's there's a little something that there's a little shape that they cut out in like the little card sleeves of their oh, okay. of their card holders that yeah. that I've never seen that shape anywhere before. And I thought, oh, now that's cool. That half a circle because thing. all. Every, yeah, because everybody else is it's straight. Right. And these guys put that little half circle. Now, right. part of it's it's utilitarian, right? Because it helps right. you grab the card and slide yeah. it out. Yeah. But, it's all, but it's also a look that's just a little different. Right. And, you know, their leathers, they use a little bit more color, right? And right. they'll do two-tone. Right. They'll be like a brown with a blue or right. a, a red with a brown. And, right. and that kind of a thing then really makes it stand out. So right. someone else might make an absolutely killer right. brown wallet. Right. And then you put it next to one that's got just a couple of little extra, that's the sauce. Right. You know, they put a little sauce on it. Right. And exactly then the you think, okay, this one's not necessarily better than that one, mm-hmm. but it's different. Right. And and that that's that's a story that I'm buying into. Right. 
Okay. I got you, man. Dude, I had, I honestly had like a list of questions that I was going to ask, but I think the conversation we had was like way better than the list of crappy questions I had. So, thank That's you so much. The way it goes. I'm sure they weren't crap. <laughs> they're, they're not that great. The conversation we had was like. round of uh, first guests. <laughs> I, I, I would. I'd love to come back. We'll we'll do a part two, and we'll get into some oh, other stuff we, after you get through we all the him, other uh, killer guys you need to talk to. I'm, to. I'm I'm honored you picked me up so early. Thank There's you so, so many much. so many cool guys you got to talk to. Thank you, thank you. Um, I'll talk to you soon. You take care. You can also find David at dp.edc on Instagram. Hit him up for uh, any sort of marketing advice you want, and he got you. Thank you so much, David. Yes, sir. Hey, thank. Thanks for having me, man. It was of a blast. Of course, of course. You have a good night. I know it's All pretty right, late. So you just go get Talk to you soon. All right, take care, brother. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Bye. Bye.